Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Casting Fan Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods, an angler's choice in San Diego, California. Today's guest is Amir K. Um, Amir's a comedian. He was on Mad TV. He uh, performs at the Comedy Store, performs at Laugh Factory. Um, he followed the podcast and liked some of the stuff, and we started talking, and he likes to fish as well. He fishes a lot of calico, um, fishes at uh, the island. So he had a really cool story. And I really wanted him on because this is the reason I started the podcast was because I listened to a lot of comedy podcasts. So it's cool to have an actual guy I've heard of before on the podcast that's a comedian. So this is a real fun one for me. Um, super funny guy. Check him out. He has his own podcast as well. I think it's Salty Locks. So please check that out. Um, check out the new website. We got merch up. We have... Everything in the link tree, you just click in our bio. It says new site uh, merch. Go buy a hat, shirt. Um, what else we got going on? It's all super cool. I had a good buddy do it up, and I really appreciate it. So thank you. And check out the Patreon. Donate 86 baits this month, three of them. And uh, we have the charter going on June 4th, Redondo Sport Fishing. Um, call and ask for Kelly and book with the trip. This one's sponsored by Real Happy and Phoenix. And here's a piece from Angler's Choice in San Diego. Please listen to it. Known for its rich tradition in sport fishing, San Diego is home to the world-famous long-range fishing fleet. It's also home to San Diego's premier fishing tackle store, Angler's Choice Tackle. Located in the alpha position on Rosecrans Boulevard, a surface iron's cast from Point Loma, Fisherman's, and H&M Landings. Angler's Choice owns the title as the largest Daiwa dealer in Southern California, packed wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. Whatever you're searching for, Angler's Choice has it. Whether it's super hot new Daiwa Saltiga lever drags, the BGMQ saltwater spinning reels, the legendary Lexa Tatula Arzillion baitcaster reels, the super reliable Fuego LT and the ballistic LT spinning reels, the seaboard reels for kite and deep drop are the new electric reel covers. AC has them. If you're looking for the hot new Daiwa Zakana jigs are the J-Braid and J-Floral, they got them. Daiwa's new tackle barn, travel bags, travel packs, travel rods, got them too. Everything you need, Angler's Choice has it. Not to mention the nicest and most knowledgeable staff around. Stop in and check them out at 1910 Rosecrown Street in San Diego and follow on Instagram at Angler's Choice Tackle. And remember, as always, to support your independent tackle dealers, the lifeblood of our sport fishing community. All right, we got a ton of new guests coming up next week. Um... Monday is Dream Smasher Swimbaits. It's a good one. And it's a phone interview. And then uh, I got like three or four other people lined up, and then I'm going up north. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Give us five stars on iTunes and follow us on YouTube. Trying to get on that. Thanks, guys. Mike, the Sennheiser. Oh, yeah, that's really go. good. Yeah. Can you hear yourself? Nice work. Yeah, I can hear myself live in the fucking <laughs> studio. Hey, what kind of a filter do you have on these? Why, <laughs> why does my voice sound like this on this podcast, man? This is not how I normally talk, man. Nick, what are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, that's good. We're rolling, yeah? You do videos well, too, right? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, is that my camera right here? Yep. Oh, perfect, dude. Right in your face, bro. This is professional. <laughs> um, this is going to be a different one. This one I'm excited for because. Dudes like this is why I started the podcast. Because I listened to a uh, look at that water beer. You thought it was 805. <laughs> it ain't, man. It's a sparkling water. <laughs> um, 
Amir K. So he he kind of messaged, say, like the podcast, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, I heard that name before, and it, he's uh, been on some comedy podcasts that I've listened to. You're a comedian. So we'll start that first. How long have you been a comedian for? Damn, dude. Comedian. That's funny. I mean, I always was doing, you know, shit like class clown bullshit like that. But I've been comedian for professionally for like 11, 12 years. Damn. Yeah, working, making a living, doing it. Where'd you grow up at? I grew up in Orange, dude. City, oh, so down the city street. of Orange. Okay. Yeah, I went to park. We're over here. But I bought a Doberman pincher here. <laughs> I bought a Doberman puppy here when I was a kid, fool. A little fawn-colored Doberman pincher out of Buena Park. So, yeah, it's like bring back memories driving down the streets. But, uh, yeah, I grew up in the city of Orange, man. And, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> did you uh, fish when you were younger? I did, bro. That was like one thing. We were like little street kids. You know, we lived in this apartment complex. And um, my brother and I, along with one of my cousins, we'd go out like just to the local lakes and stuff. Like there was this park, Eisenhower Park. Yeah, North Side. Oh, yeah. 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 So we started there. That was like right next to my cousin's house. And then um, just with like little trout gear and stuff like that, fishing for carp. And... Um, where else, dude? Like Broadmoor? You know Broadmoor? No, I don't. Broadmoor is a private lake, bro, but that has some fucking big-ass catfish in there, right? Like <laughs> like 15-pound, 20-pound catfish in that motherfucker, dude. So we used to fish there. Uh, where else, dude? Like uh, Irvine Lakes, Santa Ana River Lakes for trout. So grew up on that. So you grew up fishing. It wasn't like... It wasn't... Well, I mean, it was like... something like where you're like, oh, let me COVID... Find a new COVID thing to do. No, no, no. This is like, is well, I just got back into it. So like, yeah, growing up. But I you knew from before. From yeah, the, yeah, okay. yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then like my uncle really, really got me into it when, in Texas. Like we would go to like Galveston and fish for like spe- yeah. speckled trout and shit like that. And like, so then I just like fell in love with it. And then we come back and, you know, we, we didn't have much money to get shit. So we were like shoplifting hooks out of, <laughs> out of Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Kmart shit. Yeah, back in the You're day, bro. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Back in the Kmart days when they had a little fishing section. Yeah. would be like little latch, little latchkey kids running around yeah. fucking stealing shit out of there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it, man. And then whatever gear we can get together and every now and then maybe go to Lake Paris. You know, yeah. So, so if we can find someone with a car to take us down there. So when you uh, got older, when did you start dipping your toes into like actually going, man, I'm going to be a fucking comedian? Dude, that was like, uh, it's so funny. Um, I, I was doing real estate for a long time. You know, I went to UCLA and then graduated out of there and all my buddies were making all this money. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to law school. I was like bullshitting, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, didn't really know what I was going to do. And then I fucking hated school, though. I always hated it. You know, I just did it because we're immigrants. You know, we're from Iran. So we came here. I'm like, fuck, I can't like tell my dad I want to be a comedian. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? He's just like, this guy, he's like, he's like, I brought you here, motherfucker. Like, what are you, what? You, what? <laughs> you know, we came all the what way over here. Yeah, down, you want to be a comedian? Like, dude, go do the sure path. And it's not like they don't want you to do what you love. They just like want something that's financially stable so they don't have to worry about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when a lot of Middle Eastern people are like, no, go do, be a doctor, be a lawyer, all that shit. And they just say that, you know, so you have some financial security, you know, because that, that road, there's a for sure path. Like there's, you know, they could say, do this, this, and this, and you'll end up making money and, you know, having to practice or doing whatever. But like with comedy, there's no guidebook, dude. You're just on your own with entertainment in general. And like the, the margin of people that make it or make money from it is so little that it's like, dude, what are you talking about? And it's also we're Iranian, so it's like they're like that's not for us. You know, what I mean, there's you know how many Iranian comedians you know? There's like one. Dude. When I was coming up, there was Maz Jabrani, and then I, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's it. And so so it wasn't just a feasible option. But anyway, I was you know doing real estate because all my homies were making money, like a bunch of fucking money, like in yeah 2004 2005, and and uh, I, I ended up going to this appraisal company with with my homie Brian, and just making good money there as right out of right out of college and then i uh i so you didn't did you even use your degree no dude it's fucking it's the coolest thing about my degree it has arnold schwarzenegger's signature on it bro (laughs) i'll sell that motherfucker i got the terminator signature bro because it was like governor of california it was a governor then yeah dude the governor signed my shit bro that diploma didn't do me no good So anyway, I do, the, you know, I'm doing the real estate shit and everything's after a year I started my own business, you know, like, cause I was like, Oh, I can do this shit. It's appraisals, real estate appraisals. You yeah. can teach a monkey how to do that shit. No, no offense to those fucking real estate appraisers out there. Like, hey man, it's a tough job, <laughs> but I was just over it, man. And I, you know, uh, then the market tanked. I was like 24, 25. I had all the fucking condo in Huntington like 2000... Beach. Uh, this was 2007, like, 2008 yeah, right? yeah, okay. is when the market like yeah. really tanked, but I lost all my business. I didn't know I was a kid, dude. 
I bought like this crazy car. You know, I had a condo. I thought it was never going to end. We were like doing bottle service every night at the dumb <laughs> shit, you know, stupid shit you do when you're a kid and not having money. And then all of a sudden having all this money. Yeah, so imagine yeah. how I was living. And then, um, just, you know, uh, when the market tanked, I was like, I was like, I could either, and I had a condo in Huntington that I couldn't pay for anymore. I had this car payment I couldn't pay for anymore. 70% of my business just lost. And I'm like, dude, what, can I work hard to re-up the business, which my brother did because he was doing appraisals as well. Mm -hmm. And he's doing great right now. But, dude, there were some really tough years, you know. So I'm like, do I just try to re-up or do I say fuck it and move to L.A. and just try to really do what I want to do, which was stand-up. You had that in your head already? I already had it in my head because okay. I already had done it a few times when I was like 18, 19, you know, like some open mics. So I always was like, yeah, dude, I'll get back to this. Let me go do the school thing, but I'll get back to this. And yeah. I, kept, I kept making excuses, though. I was like, oh, no, dude, let me do the school thing. Well, let, let, me, just, let me just do a little work and make some money. But those were all excuses because I was afraid to go all in. Because when you're afraid to go all in, because what if I fail? What if I'm not good? Then the dream's over. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and somebody had told me a long time, I was always funny in school and shit, but then... Somebody told me, like, hey, man, you know, sometimes it doesn't translate, like, to the stage. So that was always in the back of my head. Like, I'm like, dude, what if I'm one of those guys? Like, the comedy <laughs> doesn't translate. So it's all those things, those fear of failure things that, like, made me not go all in. And then when that market tanked, it forced me to kind of just go, you know, take a look at my uh, what I want in life. And I was like, fuck it, man. Let me, if I, I don't want to be the funny guy at the water cooler when I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> you know, just cracking jokes around the water cooler with my five-minute break, hating my life. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'm going to try this shit. So I, with my girlfriend at the time, we moved up to L.A. She got a job at some, like, PR firm on Sunset Boulevard. And, and, and uh, I wasn't making any money then, but her, her parents were a little well off. So they, her mom had got us a little apartment, like, right next to the Laugh Factory. So I'd see that bitch every day. And, and the Laugh Factory is a big comedy club on the Sunset Strip, if you don't know. And, uh, you know, all my favorite comics would perform there. And then I'm, like, looking at that shit every day, and I'm like, all right. It still took me, like, you know, six months to, to, to almost, like, yeah, a year to, like, get the balls to get up to go to open mics. And then I started open micing, and then, dude, I just never looked back. I just started, and once I fell in love with the shit, I did it every single night. Lost my girlfriend, lost everything. And you just like got to. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to, though. You got to do that shit, you know. It's, yeah. like, a similar story. A lot of my friends that, you know – are successful comedians now they have similar shit dude you kind of just you put all your eggs in that basket dude because if you have a backup plan it, it usually doesn't work out you know what i mean how long did it take you like to to go from an open mic to kind of like get a little bit of success uh you know it, it as soon as i was like as soon as i was able to do shows it, i felt like i was already like m m you know making I'd already made it Progress. in my eyes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay, like yeah. as long as, as soon as people were booking me on other shows that weren't open mics, you know, that's like, I could have been doing that and been just as happy, you know? Yeah. But then I started that, that dude, Maz Jabrani, I was telling you about, who's like oh, the big, I know biggest, who yeah, biggest Persian comic. Right. So he, <laughs> he had heard about me cause I was hanging around every night. I'd be at the comedy clubs every night, the comedy store, the laugh factory, the improv. And so, uh, you know, and, and when you're hanging around a lot every now and then some of these bigger comics, they see you perform. So like, People started seeing me perform and shit, and they're like, oh. So they tell Maz, hey, this kid's Iranian. Do you know, do, have you heard of this kid? And he kept hearing my name, he kept hearing my name. And then I had a show, because when you're starting out, you got to hustle, you got to do something. So I, I uh, created my own show um, that I had at the Haha ha Comedy Club, which was uh, a club in North Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And that was on Sunday nights. So I would go to the comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and like bring my favorite comics and be like, hey, man, I got this show at the, at the Ha Ha if you guys want to come. It's a packed house. Cause I'd go sell tickets on the street to pack it out and everyone in LA, they want to perform, you know, there's a billion comics there and you perform. That's where you work out. That's where you practice your material for when you go on the road or for your hour that you're going to put out on a special. So, uh, any show is a good show, right? Especially yeah. with the, with the full house and whatnot. So I would invite guys out and people would come and do it and then go and tell other comics and go, dude, you got to do this kid, a mirror show. It's fucking dope. And then while I was doing that. I would host the shows. So then they would see me in between the comics. And then people just started talking about, hey, this kid's kind of funny, you know. And they told Maz about me. And I had invited Maz a hundred times, like, to come. Because <laughs> I got, like, in a falling out with the Ha Ha Comedy Club. So I moved my show to the Comedy Store. Um, and this was with the Comedy Store before, like, Joe Rogan, you know, um, made it what it is now where everybody like the this line. is after he left this is after he left okay. after the mencia yeah. shit so okay. this was the period this is the dark period okay. of this of the comedy store that's when you started that's when right. i went yeah. over there and I, and I was like a new guy you know this was like 2009 2010 some shit like that and 
I had a falling out with the owner at the HaHa, ha, so I moved my show to the comedy store. And at that time, they'd give anybody a show. They're like, dude, just fucking get 10 people here. We'll ha- let you have a show. Yeah. Because it was like nobody going to that motherfucker. And so, um, yeah, I had the show there, and it was just, it got easy. Then I would just be asking guys like Bill Burr would be in the hallway. But hey, man, you want to jump on the show? He'd be like, fuck yeah. They'd come and do it. You know, all these That's guys. fucking Bobby wild, Lee, D'Elia, all those guys would pop on and do the show. And so I kept asking Moss. I kept asking Moss. And he was like, nah, man, I'm busy this Sunday. Because that was his family day or whatever. Then eventually he's like, hey, man, you want to go on the road with me? I'm like, dude, it was like that. (laughs) You want to talk about like a fucking huge moment? I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so I started going on the road with them. Like we went once, you know, it was a Sacramento punchline or some shit. Then we vibed, you know, we got along. And when you're a middle act or when you're opening act, like it's all about just, you know, being cool and being down for whatever. And just like, you know, being a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah. And so we just jived, we vibed. So then he was like, hey, man, I got all these other dates coming up, dude. And it was like, that was the moment. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Because then when you start middle acting, you start to make a little money. Yeah. But the money I was making before that was just my show. Like I'd sell tickets to my, my comedy show. How long did was, you do that for until you got like to go? I'd say that. like two, two, three years or something. So a minute, you were like grinding like. Oh, you got to do that yeah. shit for And then even after you're middling, it's not like, it's not crazy money. You yeah. Know, you're making like opening act money. So that, and then I started, I was fortunate to get like, um, some of these like like we call them B rooms or B clubs that like let me headline early on so like two three years that'd in, be I, like Bray no 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 Bray is an A club Bray, Bray Improv yeah oh yeah those Ontario are, too no Ontario those are if it's an improv it's an A club really? there's like if you go to the Chuckle Fuck Hut you know and like I'm talking about like the <laughs> okay. bananas you know bananas yeah. backyard bone house you know those clubs that's yeah. that's a that's a B, B room okay or they would consider a B room. Would the, the club probably doesn't consider themselves. <laughs> but you know those those hokey names. Yeah, here, you yeah. Know? So those are considered whatever. So those, some of those clubs would let me headline around the country, and they pay you way less, but at least you're headlining, so you're practicing that hour. You're going, you're going. You're yeah, exactly, going. exactly, okay. exactly. So, so I started to do those, and that's it, man. It just it just kind of took off from there. Then um, you know, improv up in Hollywood was one of my home clubs, and they would headline me early and like once every two months or some shit i'd have my hour show there and i just kept doing that and kept doing that and then it just grew and grew and grew so now how many shows do you do you go on and do a year dude i'd every like probably two two to three weekends a month like pre-covid pre-covid yeah and then obviously i haven't worked that's why i'm here (laughs) (laughs) what if i could start fishing dude now over here in el chapo's tavern bro if you guys don't know what his backyard i'm sitting here Telling my life story in fucking El Chapo's backyard. <laughs> this is full on, dude, with the last episode, because you could hear helicopters and shit going yeah, on. It's I thought, the yeah, I thought airport. you were fucking Alejandro Sosa's house. <laughs> I like you, Nick. There's no lying in you. <laughs> this motherfucker's like Scarface back here, you know? <laughs> fucking guy. There's helicopters and yeah. shit. You, uh, did you do some TV work too as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's another thing. Like, once you're around and you're in the game, you yeah. know, then I started to, like, yeah, did some MTV shows and then, like, you know, did Mad TV. How was that? Which was huge. That was, like, dude, I grew up watching Mad TV, yeah. you know, so that was, like, a big deal for me to get. Was and, that the second coming? Yeah, it was, okay. it was the reboot, which okay. which was, um, you know, it was still exciting, dude. The audition process was a motherfucker for that one. It was so hard. Like, they saw us, like, 10, 15 times, you know, and it's, like, it, it's just, you know, you you're, like, that could be a big break for you, you know, if the show was popping again and, and obviously it was mad TV. So I'm so excited about it. And then, um, we did it. Unfortunately, it just got one season, but it, you know, it, it was just, a, it was on the, yeah, it was on, um, it, it was just a weird, it, it was prime time and not late night. You know what I mean? Did you so get they, to write anything on that or did you just have to do whatever bits they told you? No, I mean, you would improvise a lot okay. on that, you know, but it sucked because like I said, we're prime time. So the censors are just way more strict when you're, you're doing a show at that time, you know? And it, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit about it, but no. it was like, I learned a lot from that, you know? But it was like, we would have a funny sketch. And then by the time, like they have a thing called standards and practices, which like goes over all the sketches before you do them. So you sit at a table, like a round table, and you read the sketches, and they're there in the room. SMP is there. They're like writing, and their pencils are fucking smoking. You know, they're like, no, you can't say that. You can't say this. You can't say that. Because so it's all the funny shit is cut out. Yeah. Basically. So by the time you're done with the sketch, you're just like, oh man, because it's a prime time show. It was like on. Uh, if you're on late night, you get a little bit more. You know, it was leniency. on channel what eleven or something? Or it was. Uh, yeah, it came. It, no, it used to be on Fox, and then okay. they brought it back. And um, yeah. That I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they brought it back for a season. It was exciting. I to still do. cool as shit, I'm sure. Oh, dude, it was Was great. your dad stoked? I didn't even know what the fuck it was. He was like, why? Mad TV? Why are they mad? <laughs> you know, like, you didn't know. 
he didn't know anything about it, bro. But, yeah. But yeah, it was fun as a learning experience, and you know, and then you just keep it moving. I've done some, you know, film stuff. How was it? How was it when COVID hit for you? Like, oh my god, it was devastating because like, we. I was in New York. I was about to shoot something for Comedy Central. <sighs> um, I was out there. They have like this week at the cellar for, on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I, I was working the cellar a lot at the time, so I was taking like a few weeks. If I had, and if you don't know, the cellar is like the the biggest comedy club in New York or yeah. like the most prestigious comedy club. Like the comedy York. store here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's a comedy store of, of the East coast basically. And I, it's a fucking amazing club. They have like four rooms, you know, so you can get up so much. So I'd go spend time. If I had like a month or something of no work, I'd just fly there and, uh, and I'd start work, you know, I'd work the cellar rooms. And then at this time they're like doing some comedy central show. So Esty, uh, who runs the club, she's like, Hey, come, come do the show and, you know, do some spots. So I went over there and I was doing spots and I was, you know, I was in a good groove, dude. And we were about to tape. And then it, it was like March 13th. I was like filming March 14th. <laughs> they like, they like shut it down. So it's all good. I mean, that shit happens, you know? No, it doesn't. No, no, no. I mean like, you know, they move stuff. But then oh, yeah, I, I, so yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, this shit happens. Don't worry. I'll yeah. come back and tape in two weeks when this thing's all over. You know, that's what they were telling us. They're like, oh, we'll be shut down for two weeks. So we're like, oh, no sweat. We'll be back. So I wasn't even tripping. And I just flew home. And uh, <laughs> it didn't come back. It didn't Dude. come back. So we were. They never opened back up, right? Uh, no, they're open now. Now they're they open are? now. Is I think like... they're coming up, and okay. it's it sucks for them because the, the clubs are coming back at twenty five percent capacity, I believe. And already in New York, the comedy clubs are way smaller than here. Yeah, they don't have much space. So like, the cellar, the original room at the cellar is like a hundred seater, you know? So like 25 people, what the fuck are you going to do with 25 people? How are they going to make money? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be tough for the comedy clubs, but is a comedy store open. The comedy store isn't open yet. No, no but they're going to start to open too. So the improv laugh factory, they're going to start open. The laugh factory has been doing some zoom shows, but those are fucking brutal, dude. Zoom is so, how whack. do you, how do you keep uh sharp? What do you do? Like I, I started my podcast, man. Really? Is that Salty locks. <laughs> Cross for bowl. Yeah. So I started my podcast, dude. I was like, you know, and then I do shows. There's a lot of out, outdoor shows okay. in LA that have popped up, which are, are good. And you, you know, you can stay sharp that way, but definitely the podcast helped for me. Cause then now I'm going and ranting on my podcast. Yeah. Like once a week and talking the shit I would, um, on stage. Yeah. You know? you but it of- sucks. It's hard because like in comedy, you, you talk about your experiences, right? And you're going out and you're living in the world, but with COVID dude, there ain't shit to do. So I'm like, I'm having the fucking groundhogs day the same day every day. <laughs> you know what i mean so that's why i picked up fishing like again i was yeah that, that that's what really brought me back to fishing and and i was my brother moved to long beach he got a spot on the water in spinnaker bay i don't know if you're familiar with that area he got it actually yeah yeah he, he like no he bought a bought a house and it had a slip <laughs> so he's like we're and for us this was you know being kids like yeah, that's we what dreamed of this shit dude we we're like oh my god and, you know he's making good money because he still does a real estate yeah. shit and so he's been killing it so he bought this place and he got a slip. And then so like, I was like, dude, you got to get a boat or some shit. So, um, cause we would fish like the little, he had a little kayak. So I took the little kayak out and I started fishing for little spotties and I started to figure that shit out. And I was like, Oh, this is fun with swim baits. And yeah, you know, so I was, I was having a blast out there with just a little kayak. And then, um, you know, I kind of was like we were cruising around his little area one day and I saw this little whaler for sale, this Boston whaler. And I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to fucking step. Because my brother was thinking of buying a boat, which he just did buy. He bought a 32 Outrage. Like a oh, badass dude. motherfucker, dude. It's did he like, go to Sun Country? Uh, no, he bought it off some French guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a used one. I don't know. It's 2003, but it's badass, bro. Like, it's so dope for, like, offshore fishing. Yeah. And we, have, I haven't gone with him yet or anything like that. Does he have a captain for it or does he do it himself? No, no, it's himself. Yeah, it's really? 32 foot. So he parks that in his slip right That's there. It's fucking big, bro. To drive around. 32 foot? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a, what, a center console? Yeah. So I don't think it's too crazy, but he's, he's learning. And, and then at, right about that time, like, like I sent him the actual, actually the thing in Craigslist. I'm like, dude, isn't this the boat you're looking for, you know? And he's like, oh my God, that's the one. And then like right in that week, we were cruising in his little area, like paddle boarding or some shit, you know? And there was this, this whaler that somebody had just put a for sale sign on. And we like go up to it and he had just put it on that day. It was a 16 foot whaler. And I'm like, dude, this boat's pretty badass. I'm like, dude, let me see how much I can get this boat for, dude. If, if I can, I'll just grab it and put it in, you know, one of these slips right here in Spinnaker Bay. Mm-hmm. So I hit the guy up, dude. And that day I bought it. I was like, he just, the shit, you know, was perfect. It was like, I, I went in and I, um, I took it for a little test drive 
and everything started to go wrong. You know what I mean? Like, like the engine didn't start up right away. There was like a little leak here. This thing was happening. Like everything that could go wrong was going, it was the worst showing anyone's ever had of a boat. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, man, this, oh bro, (laughs) I hope he's not listening because I got to fucking steal on the goddamn thing. Right. So, I mean, whatever he was asking wasn't even crazy. And then I just lowballed the shit out of him. And then he's like, then we met in the middle, which was still totally fine for yeah. the boat, bro. I could sell it for double the price yeah. like, today. No, whalers are hard to come. Oh, bro. And especially here. Yeah. You see them all out of like Florida and all that stuff. Yeah. East Coast, there's tons of them probably. But here, dude, if, as soon as one goes up, the guy didn't even, he put the fucking sign on. He didn't even put it on Craigslist or nothing. You just so it was it. just the sign. I had I'd seen it that day because, you know, one of those neighbors would have bought it right away. Oh, hell yeah. And even when I drive it around, they're like, hey, man, that's a, that's a nice boat, man. If you want to get rid of it, let me know. Like. <laughs> You know, people want the boat and it's just been a fun little project. So I got that little guy and, and I've been just fucking hitting that break wall, dude. And then I stepped up to Calico's, you know, I left the spotties alone <laughs> and, I, and I went and hit the Calico. It was just fun to get back into it, man. Yeah. And I just fell back in love with fishing again. So I, that, I've just been spending so much time now on the water. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What, um, what, where did you start learning shit from? Did you have a dude you knew that fish calicos already or spotties and stuff? Well, back in the day, my cousin, he started to get into the saltwater stuff. My brother and I didn't really have much money to be going on charters or yeah. anything like that. So we, uh, we, I just remember him doing the swim bait thing. And then this is even back in the day with like, you know, a little, little lead head and a swim yeah. bait and then, you know, fishing locally. And so, yeah, you, same thing applies to the spotties, you know, you like work the jig. Yeah. And, and that, I just started doing that, you know, and then we, with my boat, it has a little live well. So if I want to grab some bait, live bait, I can too. And that's just like, and you're right in Carrillo right there. You go to the bait. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The bait barge is like right next to where I have my boat. What's uh how far have you taken it out so far? How far have I taken? I've gone down to Newport. Like, I don't know. That's from pretty, Korea. Yeah. That's pretty far. That's pretty far. Dude, yeah. For how long have you had it? Uh, I've had it for about six months. That's far for six months. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Are I want to take it to out? Catalina. Not really, dude. I was with my girlfriend and we went, you but it was, not be <laughs> of no, I know. I had to act like I knew what I was going on. I was like, Oh, it's fine. Everything is fine, honey. I got this shit under control. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's that? <laughs> you should have no problem to Catalina. You have a, a 115 on there. Uh, yeah. 115. Yeah. So, so it's like, dude, it's a little older, older motor. I was thinking of maybe repowering, um, is it a two-stroke or four-stroke? It's a two-stroke. Okay. So it's smoky, it's loud, and it's fucking, yeah, dude. That fumes will hit your ass, bro. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, it's loud, and it, and it eats a bunch of oil, dude. But if you ran to Newport and it ran fine. No, no, it runs great. So it starts up great. But I, I got like a I, – right after I bought it, I had some dude service the engine, and, and then it started – it ran really Was there a lot great. of shit wrong with it? It was just, it was little stuff, dude. It was like little cosmetic things. And it's been a fun little project, dude. Like the VHF radio, that shit didn't work. I swapped out the regular radio, that didn't work. You know, just little things that weren't, you know, crazy expensive. But it was just a fun project for me to do anyway. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, like little light, you know, the navigation light thing or whatever. Like the wiring was fucked up. Yeah. Just little things. Do you have a slip? I right now, yeah, it's it's in um, on Kabul. the water. Yeah, so but I pay per, I pay per foot, but they gave me a thirty foot slip, which is crazy. So I have this big ass slip for this little boat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, everyone's like, "What the fuck? Like, what do you?" But I'm not paying for the whole slip. Yeah, so it's just like, they didn't have anyone that wanted that one. Or something. Well, no, the slip I had it at was like um, I kind of got kicked out of there. It was, it was in it was in uh, by my brother's place. Mm-hmm. I got kicked out of there. I was like, "Fuck! I don't have a trailer, man. I I got a I got a car. I don't have anywhere to." pull this boat out and I already yeah. I was already committed. So I'm like, I gotta find somewhere quick. There's wait lists everywhere. You know? You wanna be in Alamitos Bay, there's a fucking two year wait list. Yeah. So I was just calling around, calling I found Wilmington. I'm like, God damn, it's so far. You know how far Wilmington yeah. is. Yeah. Not like, in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. It's like no. a ten minute drive. In the no, boat. no, but you... but they have a little, you know, the same um whatever marina that I have. It's mm-hmm. like California yacht marina. They have a place up there. And it was just a motherfucker. I would have had to drive an hour to get to where I'm at now. Yeah. It's stupid. So I was going to go there. And then by chance I happened to call this place. I'm like, Hey man, do you guys have anything 
for you know a smaller bow they're like no well we, we can put you in a bigger slip and charge you by foot i'm like fuck let's do it and it's cheaper than what would have been in wilmington so and you have a 30 foot fucking slip and it's a big ass slip you yep. gotta worry when you pull that motherfucker in it's right there. dude it's right there yeah it's it's perfect man i couldn't couldn't be happier with the spot um you went on a charter recently too right Oh uh, yeah, well it's my it's my homie, so it's one of my slipmates that like oh, really? has his boat right there. So I was just like working on my boat one day, and this 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 dude walks up, and he's like, and he asked me, he goes, hey, how how much are you paying for that? Are you paying for the whole slip? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> like I, I want these people to know I'm not an asshole. You know, I'm not paying for a thirty foot dive with this little whaler in there. Yeah, I just have nowhere to nowhere to trailer it. So he comes up and goes, are you paying? I'm like, no, dude. I'm, and I look over at him and he goes, oh shit, you're that comedian. And I'm like, I'm like, he's like, I saw you at Long Beach Laugh Factory. I was like, oh cool, thanks, man. Like uh, he's like you're funny or some shit. I'm like oh thanks, and then and and he's like I'm the I'm the gray boat at the end, and this he's got this badass like fucking 25 foot Seeger craft like yeah it, it's it's a fishing boat. So I always admire this shit when I'm coming home, and so I was like looking. I'm like dude, I want to come check it out. He's like oh come on over whenever. This dude Roger, really yeah. cool, really cool Armenian dude, and um, I walked over and we started to chop it up. We exchanged numbers, and then he you know we followed each other on Instagram. And he, he runs a charter business, you know, uh, Raj Zach, um, uh, fishing, sport fishing. Yeah. And, and I was looking at his pictures. I'm like, damn, this fool knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, like I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, holy shit. These huge yellows, like everything that I'm like fucking rockfish for days. Yeah. Like, right. And so, uh, you know, we'd message each other kind of like you and I were messaging on Instagram and, and he was like, Hey man, you want to go out Wednesday? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. 1000%. <laughs> so we went this last week Yeah, and this dude, bro like you guys are on the red look like dude yeah. he knows what's up man he took us and and me i'm an idiot right now i just got my little fish finder i'm trying to figure out how to fucking use it you know yeah uh you know i'm throwing it i'm just <laughs> throwing shit against the wall you know basically i'm learning dude yeah reading books listening to podcasts all this stuff but he knows what's up he's like uh, he's from the you know 22nd street landing yeah. like 30 years in the game wow you know what i mean working on the boats yeah all the boats so then he started his own little thing and be, motherfucker produces dude yeah, Raj Zach sport fishing. If you're into it, no, yeah, yeah I him. saw it. That looked like you had a lot of fish on, oh, on bro. the deck, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he he went out. And we were catching some fucking monster reds, dude. Were you fi- have you like, been fishing? So previous to this, you weren't really fishing at all. Not at all, dude. Because dude, comedy consumed my life for ten years, eleven years. Yeah. You know, like I literally, I was. But that's what I I I actually liked about this this covid lockdown shit because it made me like live my life again i know it sounds corny as hell but well i bet with comedy if you're on tour every fucking you know dude, i would be home for three days at a time you know so yeah. that's not enough to be like oh i'm gonna hit the wall and you know if i'm not in the swing of it like now i will be yeah you know what's going yeah, on yeah now i got my boat there yeah. as soon as i get home i'm going that bitch i told my girlfriend i'm like you're probably not gonna see me much if comedy comes back you're not gonna see me much because i'll be out there i'll be so you're going fishing. on your first tour uh, first it's not weekend. first tour, but it's like, yeah, they're opening a club in, um, in Austin, uh, Texas where everyone moved. Uh, I know, you know, like Joe Rogan Fuck and all these everyone. comics moved to Austin, Texas. Cause that shit was on and popping. They were open. So, um, there's a new club opening there, sunset strip comedy club or some shit it's called. And the, the dude that owns it hit me up. He's like, Hey man, I'm doing an opening weekend. I'm going to have like five, six headliners out. I want you to be one of them. So I was like, game, let's do it. So that's this weekend coming up. I don't know when you're putting this out, but that's April 2nd and 3rd, I believe. Okay. Friday and Saturday that we're opening that club. And then I'm going to stay for a week and just do a bunch of shows in Austin. Did you ever get COVID? I did. Dude, I think I got it. Like, you know, a lot of in people go, I got it. Yeah. Because I was touring heavy before. You yeah. Know? So we I'm were, sure if any, you would, if anyone. Yeah, we're doing like meet and greets. I'm meeting fucking four or 500 people, you know, after each show. So that's like a thousand people a night or something that I'm shaking hands with. And fun, you know what I mean? So I, and I was in hot spots. I was in San Fran. This is like November, December, 2019. I was in San Fran, Tahoe. That's where everyone vacations from whatever doing shows out there. Yeah. And so I was like really sick after Tahoe, dude, I got super sick and I was in Canada doing some shows and I was like on my deathbed. It felt like bro. And I think that was it yeah. to be honest. So you never got you know, any, like, anything. I think I took fucking coronavirus to Canada <laughs> to be honest. With you. you never got like the antibody test or anything. Well, no, I, I didn't. At that time we didn't know what it was. Then three months later and I just never got sick, but I wasn't going out of the house a bunch and all that shit either. So I got my vaccine too. Oh, I, you got your Johnson and Johnson. The fucking, you he got the knockoff one. <laughs> I did. Hey guys, he got the knockoff one. <laughs> you got the 60%. Moderna or what? I got Moderna, but I felt sick afterwards. I wish I my wife got. got sick as shit from the Johnson and Johnson. Oh, I was scared. So my buddy Shahab's like, oh, he's like, you'll be fine. And then my wife's like, my skin feels numb. I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, oh, here it comes, dude. And I didn't get sick at all. I'm like, cool. 
Probably all the but that's only one. That's only shit. one shot, right? So I got to get my second one, and I'm kind of tripping about that one because I heard you get sick on. I that. heard the first. My mother-in-law got the first one. She got sick. Second one. I'm gonna get my third one. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Soon enough. I'll get another. They're gonna one, make though. you have those fucking cards. Tra- I heard some crazy shit. I just saw an article about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that's gonna be like, Fuck, dude. But it's like a passport. Have you flew though. since Corona? Mm. No, dude. I did go to Texas on a road trip. I haven't flown. I flew home from New York, and that's the last time. I wonder before. how it is now. Just maybe. I don't. I'll, I'll find out Friday. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna wear a mask and a fucking another a little luchador mask. Now you got to take a fishing rod with you, dude. Yeah, bro. Texas oh, I told my. I told my. Mouth, I, I told my. Do they? Yes. Dude, I'm so out of the freshwater world. It seems like the game's changed quite a bit. Like I've heard some of your. There's a lot of and, do you. I mean, you can figure a drop shot, whatever the fuck's yeah. gonna work, but. If you're down, I mean, touring, dude, like, I have a friend that is the manager for uh, Panic at the Disco, and uh, he would take a rod with him and just fish everywhere he went. That's awesome. Like, I think that's going to be my new thing. That'll be yeah. my new thing, because I'm like, yeah, dude, for years, I just didn't do it. I didn't have any gear. I had nothing. Well, they make those travel rods. Like, I think Abu Garcia makes a good one. Daiwa makes a good one. It's Hook like it this up. big. Hook it up. <laughs> it's like <laughs> super small. Oh, is it? I'll, yeah. I'll take that shit with me. <laughs> yeah. All day and jam up my opener and be like, we got to go fishing. <laughs> like, what? Again? No, I take my homie JR, the guy that oh, does my podcast. for you. Yeah. So, and he, I've taken him on the boat, man. We, oh, really? Yeah. I've put him on Calico's. Were you scared? Like, Not really. No, because we were right there. You could see yeah. land. He could jump on the fucking wall and <laughs> <Yeah>. walk <laughs> away. Hey, just wait till it gets real rough. I know. <laughs> but I, if it gets rough, I fish the inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you got to fish the outside when it's rough. That's when it's better. Is it? Well, I don't oh, know what I'm. I told dude. you I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but if it's too crazy, yeah. Is it really? Well, yeah. If there's a good current, because if you get a lot of, I, I like when I fish the wall. Again, I've been doing this for probably two, three years. I like fishing outside when it's kind of rough, pushing in hard. Right. Look for birds. If you see a lot of birds, like usually, sitting on the rocks. Usually, that's what I do. Fish. Yeah. That's what my buddy Joe told me, and usually yeah. they do. What do you think? Just swim baits. That's it. Uh, no, I was using like. Well, I started with some like live like you know sardines and okay. shit. And then, then I was just like, you know, I didn't want to go to the bar, so I just throw some plastics, and that was, yeah. you know, when they're on, they're on. I mean, oh, there's a ton of shit you could be using yeah. too. Like what? A rigs. Um, I like jerk shads. They're little uh, Berkeley gulp jerk shads with a yeah. sled head. That's what I use all the time. Well, I'll give you some crap. I have a shitload. Oh of stuff hell yeah, do it, dude! Too. I'll throw anything out there. And you want to try to catch yellows this year too? Huh? Oh yeah, that's that's on my list, bro. Have yellows. you caught one before? I have never. Neither no, have I'll eat the heart. I don't give a fuck. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it, dude, just to keep it classy. <laughs> so you've been fucking. I've been nerding out on stu- this shit, dude, but looking been, at all kinds of shit. Dude, my girl gets so pissed. I, I feel like I'm cheating on her with fishing, dude. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting there in the bed listening to videos all low. You Local know, knowledge. Like, what the, yeah, uh, yeah. What the? Yeah, exactly. I listen to Ali all the time. <laughs> Shout out to that fool. That guy's like. I, I told you I sent him a message. I, was yeah. like, I don't know if it's his thing, but I was like, yo, bro, I've been getting on this shit. Thank you for all the, the knowledge and info. And I love listening to your show because you get all those salty captains on here doing that. Like, hey, man, I don't know what it is about the fucking sea, but that makes your voice. Hey, well, just wait for the guy tomorrow, Jeff Marklin. He's, oh, dude, he's I real, love it. He's, a, he's the one that called a, a Tranks 500 a gay R2D2. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking God, dude. That's I mean, it's, it's What about the 400? The 400 is not too I bad. like the four. I don't like the two. Yeah, the two doesn't have any. Uh, for me, I didn't like the drag on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd lose fish, or they just wouldn't give me enough power to pull them out. What kind of rod are you using right now? A Phoenix. All Phoenix, Phoenix, bro. I got the M1 with the Tranks 400 for my Calico uh-huh. setup. You know, and then yeah, just a couple black diamonds. You uh, need to get that trolling motor, bro, so you can I fish know. a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Right now, dude. Yeah, I just kind of, I kind of drift it. Well, no, yeah, I drifted <laughs> and I'm doing that. Yeah, so it's like if I bring my brother or something, I'm driving, dude, and yeah. he's fucking catching calico. No, but I dude, mean, off that rock wall right there by the fucking lighthouse, bro. I yeah, mean, that's just, the I best, dude. That, dude. I've got some hogs over there, and there's tons of space. Well, have you fished the oil islands yet? The which one? The oil islands? No, no, I have not. <laughs> you got to go at night. Yeah, that's, that's why I hear, dude. I got to get set up with some night, some light set up or something. No, shit, you don't need lights. I you just have some. your front light and your back, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. you have on yeah. for your, your stern and your bow, you know, turn them on. You're good. And you usually have blue lights on the boat or you uh, have a headlamp. Yeah, so yeah. You just tie because you're on the oil island. There's lights like street. Lights. Oh, so you can kind of. Yeah, kinda, you can see street lights like, all oh, the way okay, around cool, and cool, you cool. can pitch into the rocks and big sand bass. Fun. Oh, nice. You got to try that, dude. I got to do that at night. Yeah, it's no scary, one, though, honey. I don't want to go by myself. That's the thing. I'm fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if yeah. you want to go, we'll jump on the yeah, boat. We'll, yeah. You got to show me what's up. So I'm, I've been learning. Like, Roger's been, you know, showing me what's up. You know, he said he's going to jump on with me, and we're going to take a trip to Catalina. I don't know. You seem this. like a, you're learning fast. So, like, I didn't buy a fucking Tranks 400 right off the bat. 
Well, dude, it was like, you know, I I was like, fuck, I want to I want to go and I want to have fun. And I remember this is all the shit I couldn't afford when I was younger. <laughs> Phoenix yeah. rods were like the holy grail. Yeah. You know, and we couldn't afford it when we were kids. But I, I remember seeing them at Turner's. I'm like, how can I fit that motherfucker in my pants? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And so like this is all this shit. So it's like now that's what I splurge on, you know, is my fishing gear. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what, if I made a little money doing comedy, that's what I'm spending my money you on. You don't have any other hobbies? Just fishing? Um, no, dude, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Just comedy. Stand, I'm telling you, stand up took over so much. So, and it, if you don't do it like that, I don't know if you're going to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm glad if this break didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be fishing. I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Yeah. That's for sure. Cause I would have been just still in my like daily grind of like wake up, do four shows a night, go to have bed. Have you ever gotten tired up. of that? Um, you know what? No. Cause I love it so fucking much. Like I, I know it sounds that again, cheesy, but it's like, dude, it ain't work. <laughs> they pay no. me to talk shit, bro. Yeah. They pay me good money to talk shit. And that's what I used to get kicked out of class for when I was a kid, bro. So like, you know, are you writing a new hour like every year or two years or, you know, I add new material to the well, you routine, have. you know, quite frequently. And then I get bored with shit pretty easily. So, and I riff a lot. So I do a lot of like just improvised riffing. So, you come see me six times, you're gonna get like six different shows. Yeah, you know, I can't wait till the shit opens up, bro. <laughs> There's so much, so much stuff to talk about. But I, I feel like I've gotten into this like fishing thing, and I, you know, even on the podcast sometimes, Jared will be like, "Dude, you're talking a lot of fishing." And I'm like, "Dude, I might have to start a different fucking thing." Because no, like, you could, you could put that in your fucking act. There's so yeah. much bad shit that happens when you're fishing. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Shit, where I'm like, I dropped my fucking first boat off my trailer onto the fucking ground. No way. I had to get three dudes to to hang onto the front to put it uh, back at on. At the at the Dana Point. Dude. No way. Yeah, I was fuck. I I felt so fucking stupid, dude. You fucked your boat up. No, nothing. It was an invader, so it just the gel coat in the back. Yeah. We took off. Uh, I was so nervous. I think that day, I forgot how to tie a knot, and then I started throwing up because I was hungover from the night before, and then my oil line broke, so I get towed in. Oh, it's the worst fucking day of my life, dude. It's a little intimidating when you're starting out with the boating stuff. You know what I mean? Dude. It's super intimidating. Even yeah. like the fishing world. Like when I go, like if I might go to get some squid at like Twenty Second Street, dude. All the dudes in there, they're like, you know, I feel like fucking intimidated by these. That's fools. just how it is. Yeah, yeah. They're just. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, well, that's true. I feel like no one's just like, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, no one's cool. Even everyone's just looking at you unless yeah. they're sizing your boat up and they're no, probably no, no. doing this. Not even, not even. I don't even go there with my. Or boat. they might, they might look at your boat and go, "Who's that?" Yeah, That's and they're happening. like, who is this fucking fool? No, they just want to know who's... You have a whaler. Well, who are you? You know, you have a center console. I got you. You know, like, that's that's what I feel like it's like, you know? Yeah, I have no idea. I, I just... I just know it's a different world, and I know everyone probably knows each other, just like the comedians know each other. Oh, you yeah. see, like, some outsider come in, you're like, oh, who's this fucking clown? <laughs> so they're probably looking at me like, who's this fucking clown? Who's this Instagram fucking comedian? <laughs> yeah, <man>? some <laughs> stupid shit like that. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. But for the most part, like, the like where I'm at and the people that are fuck with boats and all that, like, the people that are in the slips next to me, everyone's so cool. That's cool, man. Like, that fool Roger, man, he's yeah. just been so cool. And we're going to go out tomorrow. That's nice, Yeah, dude. we're going to go fuck in the morning. Yeah. So. Should be nice, too. Yeah. 91 fucking degrees. Yeah. Is oh. it going to be 91? And today it was supposed to, here it's supposed to be 90. Oh, shit. So the water's going to warm up. There we go. I'm trying to get out. We'll see. I don't know. Well, um, hit me up. We'll go out. We'll go, you know, on the little whaler. We'll go out. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. Take your ass to Catalina, dude. <laughs> I got to <laughs> take my back. boat to Catalina. That's what I want to do. Right. Um, I want to know, do you remember the worst time you bombed? Uh, probably on the show right here, dude. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. <laughs> I'm over here going, oh, I don't know. No, <laughs> the worst time I've, 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 there's been so many different bombs. Dude, when you start out, you fucking eat it so hard. You can remember, can you remember one being established already where you kind of had your shit down and you're like, fuck, I'm bombing pretty bad. Dude, I started in a lot of like urban shows, like the black rooms, yeah. you know, and like I've eaten a dick in those. And that's just <laughs> when, when, when they shut down and when the black audience shuts down on your ass, bro, it's like you're by yourself, dude. And you there's can't no quit. help. There's no help. Your fucking time. Yeah, you got it. But it's like, hey, you guys, and you get that little <laughs> shit. Go, you know what I'm talking about or not? Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> and it's just not working. And you get that little crack in your voice, yeah. you know, that little bitch voice. But, you know, it, you live and you learn with that stuff. But, yeah, I bombed a billion times starting out. That's got to be so fucking horrible, man. Yeah, dude, there's like, dude, the shows that we do, like, in bowling alleys, and the guys, like, don't give a fuck. There's, like, you know, there's bowling pins. You go, and you're like, oh, <laughs> did you guys ever go to the grocery store? And, you know, there's shit going on, you know, in, in fucking barber shops. You know, the guy's getting his hair faded and you're like doing shows. Yeah. Uh, I don't All know, this shit some... on during fucking in L.A., huh? 
Dude, you cut every, your teeth in LA too as well. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I started where you know a lot of people move to. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that made me better faster, I guess, because you know you see the best of the best. You know what I mean? So like a lot of guys will be like, oh, I came from Oklahoma, but their little small world of comedy, they were like the best guy. <laughs> so they didn't get to see all these dudes that I'm watching. You know, Chappelle's come in and The Rock's come oh, in and dude. like, you know, all these fucking killers. Like every night watching them. So I'm like, every night I'm going, oh damn, I got a lot of work to do. So I'm gonna work harder. And in LA, you also, just like New York, you have an ability to get on stage more. So, like, I could do four shows a night as opposed to this dude in Ohio that's doing, you know, four shows a month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, that's why you want to live in these, like, you know, big comedy cities. No, it like, makes sense, dude. It, and it, I'm just, I've, like, everything you're talking about, I've listened to podcasts for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've heard all this shit happen as, you know, yeah. for, for 15 years, you know, 12 years. However long Rogan's been doing it, and then I started listening to everybody else's fucking podcast. Yeah, dude, I remember Rogan's. We'd be at the Ice House, and he'd just be doing his podcast, so he'd just pop in there. Like, you just pop in there. Dude. Like, I remember being with Maz one of the first times that I met Rogan. We were, like, just doing a show. Maz was headlining. I was middling. And then uh, Joe had his, you know, podcast just in the fucking, in the offices of the Ice House. Yeah. And we'd just walk in there and kick it, and they're smoking and drinking. And I used to listen to the Maz's, um, what is it, the... The, the Family Man? Yes, the... Family, the, the the one with the van. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forget what it was called, but it was yeah. him and Chris Spencer and Al Madrigal. Yeah, Al Madrigal yeah, I did that makes one. you fucking yeah. laugh yeah. like a motherfucker great, too. Bro. Mad Aldrigal. Yeah. Mad Aldrigal. <laughs> those, those guys are fucking funny. I mean, I've listened to all these people do. The Champs was another one I loved. Yeah. Dude. Neil Brennan, you know? Yeah, Neil's great, man. Yeah. He's fucking super funny. It's crazy that you're in that world, you know? Such like, a good writer. But it's such a trip because, like, to me, those guys, like, you know, people like you, that you, like, listen to them and you're like, to me, this is fucking bigger than Rogan, dude. Because <laughs> you're all <laughs> efficient, dork it out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, that fucking. And the funny thing is how I found out about your podcast, bro. I was looking for my other podcast that I really like to listen. It's a masturbation podcast, Wank and Crank. <laughs> <laughs> I found your ass, bro. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, people have fucking said that. Hey, it's Nick from Wank and Crank, you know? Oh, really? Yank my crank. I'm a hack. <laughs> I'm a hack. That, they have said that joke. Before. <laughs> That's it's, a, it's a good name, though. Yeah, Cast and Crank. Cast it's, and crank. It, it, it was supposed to be a hook set, but okay. someone had it. Hook set podcast. Hook but, set. And then uh, someone had it, and I'm like, my old, I had a co-host. And he's like, what about Cast and Crank? I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I checked uh, Legal Zoom. Did yeah. all the fucking shit. Expensive, like everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, your podcast name? It's called Salty Locks. What do you talk about? Like, kind of give us a breakdown on it. I talk about, dude, like, I'll talk about headlines and do, like, little punchlines to them. I'll do, like, uh, you know, l- whatever happened to me. Like, if I went on a little fishing trip, I might talk about that. You know, whatever. But yeah, like you, I, I said, heard when, you talk about your boat and having issues. And, yeah, 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 exactly, dude. And so just anything that happens to me, I'll talk about Just like I would on stage. So that's what I've been doing instead of being, getting up on stage. I'll do, do the podcast. That's cool. Just fuck around and have a good time. You do it out of your house? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I made my little second bedroom. It looks studio. like a it looks great, right? It <laughs> he got me good. tricked, dude. Yeah, I was like, this motherfucker great. has a studio, all nice. Yeah. The lighting's all fucking good. Oh, if you zoom out, bro, it looks horrible. Bro. There's laundry on the fucking <laughs> There's just one fucking piece of foam. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's all, as soon as you pan out, it's over. But it's been a lot of a lot of fun to do, you know? You, you, like you said, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like sitting there editing it and all that. And, yeah. You know, I don't have like funding and shit. I don't have a Patreon yet or anything You got to like start that. that, dude. How's yours going? Is it good? Great, yeah. Plug that shit right now, dude. Get pa- on the Patreon. Oh, fuck. They already know. <laughs> they already know. They go, stop plugging it. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I already pay for that shit. Yeah. So I do giveaways on it. So I give away like, I give a Phoenix Rod away. Some, oh, sweet. Some other bait. So at least if they give me five bucks, they got a chance at winning something fucking good. That's pretty cool. How many uh, Patreons do you have, do you think, right now? I think 260 something. That's really good. So it's cool. It pays That's for good. the podcast now because I'm sure you know you got to pay hosting. Yeah. I pay for Pro Tools monthly. I pay for, you know, all the fucking mics and cameras and all sure. the bullshit. So. It all costs money and the time away from your family. And all that yeah. Stuff, yeah. So it's nice. And then now I'm, I'm going like I go up north. It'll pay for the hotel room. I'll go, you know, wherever it pays for that. Yeah. I buy another rod for the Patreon just to be like, hey, here's sweetening in the pot. Right, right, right. You know, the money goes fucking back into the, That's to the podcast. So. It's going good, but hopefully it gets a little better and, and uh, get more guests like you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on and coming down. Oh, buddy. Dude, you got anything like, else to plug? Like, uh, When do you think they'll be have it back open where we can see you locally? Um, I believe it's coming up here really? pretty soon. I, I know they're going to be doing limited capacity at the clubs. Where are you usually soon. at? The Laugh Actor or Comedy Store? Uh, no. See, like, I spent a lot of time at the Improv. The Improv is pretty okay. much my home. That's where if I headline and do my hour in L.A., it's going to be there. But 
you know, every night I'm performing at the Comedy Store Laugh Factory. Yeah. Because we do like 20 minute spots, you know, on like. You know, Jamie eight. Masala too? Oh, dude. Can you do his voice? Yeah, Jamie, buddy, listen, I got, <laughs> I got something for you, buddy. The Dan Cook. <laughs> he still doesn't know people's names. You know, the Daniel, Dan Cook is Dane. I listened to his, him and, um, uh, Fucking, I love the guy. Old Dom Herrera. Yes, Do, dude, that's one of my favorite. If you listen, if you're a fucking fan of that shit, dude, I I, I brought it up on my podcast the other day. There's one of Bill Burr and him, and he jam because B- the people have weird oh. history with Jamie Masada because he's. I heard Rogan's like, I'm not coming on if Jamie's. <laughs> yeah, but but he's just the funniest. I love Jamie. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he's a fucking quirky, crazy dude. Yeah. But like all club owners, they're all fucking weird, dude. Yeah. In their own way. And it's like, you got to love it, dude. Like yeah. Mitzi was crazy. You know, I don't even know Mitzi, but she was, you know, the stories I've heard about Mitzi. Yeah. Nuts. Did you watch the documentary? I did, yeah. What did you think of it? It was cool. I mean, it's showing what it is now, you know? Not what it, what? Like, like it did it follow the right path, the story? I mean, it, it was just showing a chunk of what it is, you know, like what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's not going to show everything, obviously. No. no. But it's like that world is so if you're not in it, it you know what i'm saying like sometimes i'll try to talk about it and like to somebody that is not in that world and it's just they have not, no clue what you're yeah, like, what the fuck are you saying <laughs> what it doesn't even make sense and they don't yeah. know half the comedians that are just monsters that you know if they don't know your name like a lot of people may be listening and be like, who the fuck is this amir k guy yeah it's like dude you grind your ass off for years before you become a household name or even a name that people would, you know, there's some people that like I'll mention Bill Burr. They still don't know who that Dude, is. Dude, isn't that crazy? One of the greatest comics. You My know, wife, I'll, I'll see him on TV now doing yeah. fucking whatever role. But like, hey, that's Bill Burr. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and some people just be like, what? You know, but the- Tom Segura. Fuck Tom. Yeah, huge, Tom's a dude. monster, dude. There's yeah. so, and, and now there's, it's so many guys to pick and choose from and so many podcasts to listen to. I mean, yeah. it's good, but it's also like, damn, it's overwhelming a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's so like, easy to do a podcast now. Dude, so look fun. at we're look, here. Yeah. We're here right now. Look at, I've been doing this for fucking two and a half we're years. We're in a fucking uh, we're in a parking lot at a fucking uh, Lowe's <laughs> <laughs> right here. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, fucking thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having you me. You do bro. me one last thing. Mm-hmm. Tell my friend Shahab to fuck himself. Shahab, Harko said, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> Shahab Jung, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Now I'm doing cameos. I'm doing fucking cameos on this guy's podcast. All right, thanks, dude.